Bengaluru as a city never fails to disappoint, be it in the sector of technology, business or art. Talent thrives. There is something fresh and innovative always happening. Out of the many entrepreneurs, content creators, artists that have emerged out of Bengaluru, today we interact with a very unique one. From being stuck with a corporate job to being the semi-finalist at Asia's and India's Got Talent and living his dream. Sudhir R's story is an inspirational one which is based on love for innovation and perseverance. Perseverance, he says, is one of the two words which an artist should tattoo on themselves. The other word? Listen to the complete episode to find out. Hello Sudhir, welcome to Kalaholic. Hi Kilsun. Thank you. So before we get into the bunch of questions that I have, this is a tradition of this podcast. I like uh-huh. to intrigue my guests with a task or a question in their domain. Uh-huh. And the segment is called Colorholic in the Spot. And your oh. task is, uh-huh. I, I know you impersonate Optimus Prime really well. Uh-huh. So I have so I have a couple of Bangalore slangs. I would I would like to know how Optimus Prime would say it. <laughs> okay. Okay, the first line that I have is Maga Yako Saik Martidya. How would Optimus Prime say this? Well, it would be Maga Yako. What is the line? What is the dialogue? Maga Yako Saik Martidya. Maga Yako Saik Martidya. Here's the second one. Chumma chumma, I don't speak da. Okay, imagine the same thing in another robotic style, and then it will be like chumma chumma pesa da. Is it? What is it? What is it called? What is the line? Chumma chumma, chumma chumma, don't tell ya you. Don't tell ya. Yeah. Chumma chumma, don't tell ya. That was okay. awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So what is your story like? How did you start is basically what I want. Well, uh, the story starts when uh, I actually happened to visit a college fest in, Bang- in Bangalore. And mm-hmm. uh, I happened to see a guy beatboxing on stage, actually. That was the first time I uh, came across this particular art, which made me go wow and which made the audience go wow. And uh, I I actually had to take a stop and then observe what's so unique. And that's when I actually saw this guy beatboxing and then I was like, wow, that is something unique and I really want to do something like this. And then I came back home and I kind of Googled about uh, beatboxing. I read a lot of articles, I saw a lot of videos and then I thought, okay, you know what, this is this is something innovative, this is something different and I really want to do this. And that's when I decided that I will learn beatboxing and then uh, in 2012, yeah, in 2011 and 12 is where it started actually. And uh, I took a couple of months to master this particular art form and then finally I first took a stage in Bangalore in one of the colleges here in Bangalore. And uh, yeah, that was like the breakthrough because uh, I was performing for a mass audience of girls, 
the it, it it was in mount kami college and one of the biggest fests in bangalore happens here called kala yeah and uh, that time it was like uh, so it was like so i'm jumping into the fire types it was because uh, they were uh, they were good audience they were very good audience but the only problem is if i screw it up i'm gone but if i give them a good show i'm going to be a hero so that's that is <laughs> yeah so i was like uh, you know i had I had confidence about me because i really did not master this art art form just to keep it for myself one or the other day i have to perform and then exactly. i thought why not perform it for one of the best audiences in bangalore so that was how it started back in 2012 so directly you didn't start small like small audience you jump directly to the bigger audience like let me give a shot yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> um before beatboxing were you always into stage activities made been school made been college yes i was uh, i was much into culturals and sports actually i was an athlete i also play professional oh. football so i have represented india in brazil in neymar junior five world finals uh yeah we've met neymar in brazil santos oh. in sao paulo so i mean i was i was a long distance athlete i was a i was into relay and uh, high jump so i mean sport activities culturals yeah i mean in the school choir i was there one of the uh, one of the you know one of the small guys who can sing harmonies behind there i was there i so was never i was i, I mean i always wanted to be a performer like not that i don't i never i've never uh, stepped out of that zone of just being a performer i have always been there but things changed to become serious only after beatboxing came in So you were never scared of stage. There was always that backing behind you, like stage fear mm. stuff kind of was in there. No, not at all. By God's grace, I uh, touch wood. I don't know. God has never put that into my head. I believe I've never been scared to face audience. From back then till today, I always love when I have more audience. Because uh, my event managers also say, you know, Subir today is only one fifty packs. Okay, so I know it's not so much. you know <laughs> great that you expected but can you please still pull it off but then if it is some 4000 or 2000 crowd and all people are like sudeep this is your stage come on like take it up i love when i face more audience because the first performance of my life that was in uh, of beatboxing that was in mount gamics kala uh, i i closely had more than 500 plus girls and oh, uh, it's a lot it's a lot actually it's a lot and uh, before me they were all experienced and uh, good beatboxers who performed before me like last year's winner and all of those things so it was like a new face coming inside when and uh, i was not from a very reputed or a very famous college like joseph's or christ college and i was from cmr college so when okay. the mc had to introduce like okay there is this next uh, participant on stage would be sudhir r from cmr college there is no boost there is no uh, hype there is nothing the audience is silent like they're it's a pin drop silent they're like okay what is this guy going to do oh so i think that was my plus point because there was no no name to uh, hype about everything that was on stage was only one person that is sudhi you didn't have And an by, expectation to live up to exactly yeah that was the right word <laughs> so how was this transition from beatboxing at mount carmel to being india's first flute boxer uh the transition actually happened when i was the finalist of uh, times of india fresh face in bangalore 
and uh, i happened to meet uh, prasad bidapa the fashion designer okay uh, yeah he's a very big person now there in the industry of bollywood uh, say the aishwarya rai deepika padukone anushka sharma everyone has been a part of uh, you know prasad bidapa associates at one point uh so this person was one of our uh, designers and a co-mentor for our show and yeah. uh, i actually this auditions happened in my college and i got selected for the zonals when i it was like uh, inter college then it became to become a bangalore finals and that time what happened i for the first round i beatboxed and uh, second round also i beatboxed then it was final round then i really wanted to do something different Okay. And uh, yeah, so that time during this phase, I was already uh, being invited to judge beatboxing competitions in couple of colleges in Bangalore. Okay. From being a participant of beatboxer uh, into beatboxing competitions, actually after I started to participate, I won close to fourteen competitions on a row. First oh phase. wow! Yeah. Then uh, after fourteen competitions, then people started to recognize me as a beatboxer in fests and uh, small small competitions in my locality. Uh, they started to invite me to judge beatboxing. Then mm-hmm. in one fine college, I when I was judging this beatboxing uh, event, hardly back then in two thousand twelve thirteen, we we had uh, say fifteen to twenty beatboxers in Bangalore, like a good amount of beatboxers. I mean, okay. And one fine day, I'm in this college fest, and then I happen to see a uh, close to thirty to forty participants at all. Yes. And I was like, uh, "Whoa, that's like huge!" And uh, I mean, it was an amazing event. But then, after giving the uh, final results and uh, judging and everything, it was the showcase for the judge. Okay. Then I did. I went on stage. I performed. I came out of the stage, and then you know something really sparked me. Then, what hit me back then was. Uh, What's the difference between you and the participants? Mm-hmm. All you do is beatboxing, and the participant is also beatboxing. There's nothing new about it. What? Why are you judging them? Maybe I am a little technically good. Maybe I am a little uh, technically, uh, what to say, innovative in the beats or patterns or say musicality, presenting. All these things could be an advantage for me to judge them. But still, these all fall under the same category, right? Mm-hmm. Beatboxers. Then uh, I I start to look upon my future like okay down the lane what would I be still be called how do I step uh, you know there is competition of course definitely I was I was a winner and there is someone who can overtake me and there should be someone who should overtake me that's how the uh, industry or the art art form works exactly uh, and uh, then I came back home and then I really started watching YouTube videos of seeing something innovative like what's different in beatboxing. Then I saw acapella covers. Acapella was kind of normal actually back then, and I saw people doing cover songs, a lot of these things. Then I uh, actually stumbled upon one video in YouTube where wherein one person was playing flute boxing. His name was okay. Nadin Lee from uh, I don't know where he's from actually, Bulgaria. I I really don't know. But he changed your life up. Yeah, so this person I saw him flute boxing. I'm like, wow! And he was actually flute boxing with a metal key flute. Okay. And I didn't know it was metal key flute or whatever that is. And then I, uh, you know, uh, I took a screenshot of that. I rushed to a nearby music store in Bangalore, and I told this person, you know what, I want to get this uh, flute. And this the same was one. Yeah, the same one. And then that okay. day I saw the picture, and he actually 
bought the flute and put it up on the table and he said uh, so here it is it is a yamaha metal key flute worth 54000 what 54500 i think yeah and i was like whoa i didn't expect that <laughs> that was like out of the world uh, that was out of the box actually for me because it was because way out of the budget you, you went there with an artist instinct like i want this you didn't know that like what is going to happen with the price and stuff what like is, that exactly you're right exactly you're right and i was like uh, you know i hardly carried close to 550 or uh, some odd money with me Okay. And uh, I, I kind of didn't want to tell him that I can't afford this. I tell, I, I asked him, do you have something around five hundred? And the guy actually looked up on my face and he, he was actually laughing. He had to laugh. <laughs> He's like, okay, you could have actually told me that five hundred is your budget. And then he said, uh, go and check in that corner. We have some uh, wooden bamboo flutes. Put so just pick up whatever you want. And then I went there, and then I didn't know which flute to pick. everything looked beautiful for me i didn't know how many holes a wooden bamboo flute has to had to have also <laughs> there were eight there were six i didn't know how to differentiate between carnatic and hindustani bamboos i didn't know i didn't know anything but you know what i randomly just picked up a bamboo and uh, bamboo flute and then i came back home uh, the funniest part is i really did not know it it had a crack and uh, i came back home and then the only thing that was there in my mind was like listen i should do something called flute boxing i should do at any, do it at any cost i don't know how i don't care about the instrument that time money was not the barrier for me to stop or uh, you know instrument was not a barrier for me to stop there was no no barrier right in front of me all that i could vision all that i could see was me performing flute boxing on a stage okay and then i happened to see youtube videos of how to hold a flute how how flute is like professional flute is like in this uh, hindustani or carnatic flute is like haripa sachavasya ji or any great legend how they sit how they hold the flute right hand how many how the holes are covered and then it took me a couple of days to get the sound and uh, yeah finally when i got the sound i started to incorporate that with the beats and then yeah that is when i actually found that okay wow okay i just got a small piece that i can make the go, audience go wow after beatboxing and then i took that piece and i actually performed in uh, oh the first performance of flute boxing was also in mount carmel zoo wow. i happened that to be has to yeah. be like a holy this thing for you <laughs> <laughs> very much buddy very much too uh, i happened to um, be in this fest and uh, the cultural secretary of mount carmels back then uh, we had to have a fashion show before prasad bitapal uh, you know models walk okay uh, then uh, we had a small delay of 5 minutes and the, this person comes to me is like she's like uh, subir i have 5 minutes for you can you please go and entertain the audience oh. i am like uh, okay 5 minutes why not flute boxing and then i took this flute boxing act and then i went on stage Well, how did the audience react this time? This time, last time they were screaming because they loved me. This time okay. it took them a pause of two two seconds or five seconds to realize, okay, something like this can happen. They were like, "How is this possible, guys?" And then when I uh, start to flute box, people went crazy. I mean, people showed so much of love, and uh, everyone loved it. And that is when the next performance of my flute boxing was in. uh the fresh face uh, times of india finals. fresh face finals 
where priyamani actress priyamani then sudeep and all of these people were the judges like prasad bidapa sir also and uh, then i was a runner up first runner up for bangalore and uh, yeah people loved it and they said okay this is something unique and prasad bidapa wrote about me in a newspaper article saying this guy will one day turn out to be a world class entertainer and all and then he came and told me also he said you need to take this little, little bit serious i've never seen someone do this this is so different this is so innovative you know a lot of positive comments that's actually, the right backing that artist needs very very much very much that is what is lacking today so i think that is where the flute boxing thing started and then i happened to get a call from india's got talent uh tv show from colors tv and uh, when i performed in uh, colors tv and then i was a semi finalist in that uh, show india's got talent uh, yes then people started to recognize me and that was the first time that india saw flute boxing act and then tedx talks started to come and that is when they recognized me as india's first flute boxer okay so you started flute boxing because you wanted to stand apart from the crowd right exactly all that mattered to me was like do something different than just being a beatboxer because every tom dick and harry want, was turning out to become a beatboxer in that era and uh, it was something not the audience would go wow anymore about like see back then in 2012 when we performed beatboxing on stages people were really oh wow something new using vocals mm-hmm. they're doing some you know mm-hmm. recreating a sound of drums and all of these things yes. then later what happened was it is getting a little common ah uh, sahi and then yeah and then what happened that factor hit me hard i'm like okay people are really not uh, you know going wow for the factor of just being called as a beatboxer in the house mm-hmm. so i need to make them go wow i need to make them think okay something like this can happen i need to make them uh, feel that innovation in my art form and that is when i did not leave beatboxing i sticked on to beatboxing but then i added an instrument oh. and you, uh, yeah that's how it started so you are you later added the harmonica now let us imagine that there are you have a lot of competition now there are around 100 flute boxers and harmonica boxers in india now what would you do to stay like different see when i learned flute boxing and then i was in this india's got talent stage and uh, uh. i was a semi finalist and i could not make it to the finals uh, uh what may whatever may be the reason that they had to eliminate me from finals but uh, only reason that i saw why i was not into finals was i was not a master of the flute i was not the master yeah. of the art form mm-hmm. see this art form of flute boxing is created by me mm-hmm. and uh, when i say i created this in india when i say that i am a flute boxer mm-hmm. i need to be a master to play anything and everything right so then it hit me hard that okay i i am good in beatboxing i know anything to beatbox i know yeah you give me a song i can cover it whatever that was technically sound in beatboxing art form but in flute i could not play everything there were some limitations i really did not have the knowledge of the entire instrument or whatever could be the reason that those judges saw back then i came back and then i told one of my friend who was a flautist i said i need to learn this instrument uh, please give tell me can you teach me he said no i cannot teach you but i can take you to my guruji and then he took me to this person called k pondalika sharoy uh, who was a yeah. hindustani classical flautist and uh, he introduced me to this person and he said guruji this person is called sudhir and he wants to learn flute on the guru 
and uh, this was uh, okay to talk about my guruji he was uh, the first time i met my guruji he was 85 years old okay and he was already uh, not that very physically stable so he's kind of bedridden and uh, you know he was not bedridden but he could walk and all but he could not play in the floor because he is very old age was oh. the number right so and uh, he accepted me as his uh, shishya student and uh, he started to teach me flute and that is the first time i started to play the big bamboo flute and oh. then he gave me a flute and he said okay play then that is when i figured out how many note notations i am playing wrong what is the right notation how to blow how to i i kind of took a little time to master the entire instrument and that is when i oh. fell in love with the music the real music that is when i fell in love with the real music of flute or the real music of uh, the real classical music to be precise and uh, that is when i realized what were my limitations hmm. limitation was i was not the master of the flute then and it took that me a couple of years yeah that is what i wanted to fix and that i i did that i did and uh, i learned I, so today i also play hindustani classical also and uh, i'm still be uh, learning it's over more than 5 years i think now hmm. and yeah there's a endless journey to learn but still i'm performing ragas and everything so this actually enhanced my flute boxing skills it made it more sharp it made it more crisp it made it more beautiful it added a lot of melody it added a lot of uh, confidence for me to flute box and that is when uh, when asia's got talent uh, approached me from axm they were uh, see that time it was i was really equipped Oh, right. and uh, you know these uh, the only thing that was there in my mind is like okay me go no, now in this show it is no more sudhir hmm. it is india someone from india is performing so right. i'm carrying the name of the country so i really added responsibility very... exactly and uh, yeah. when i went there my judges were david foster more than 13 or 14 times grammy award winner uh, hmm. there was angun indonesian uh, rock star there was jay park who was a singapore uh, pop star so all three were great musicians to be precise mm. amazing musicians and i really cannot goof up with any particular note or play something wrong or fumble upon no room for error at all so that time uh, when i performed in asia's got talent those judges went wow and they were like that is amazing we have never heard that before it's so sharp mm. and crisp and everything you know that is what uh i can say that no matter how many competitions i had i i still try uh, stood out of the box and uh, came up to become right. above all of these people is like you need to step out of that comfort zone and first master and be perfect in whatever you want to do there shouldn't be a smallest or smallest loophole also for people to find out. right so you have told me you've been a part of big stages like the india's and the asia's got talent mm-hmm. apart from the mistakes that you corrected what are the other learnings that you got from big stages like them well when we talk about learnings i would like to start from india's got talent because that is where everything yeah. started uh in india's got talent the first thing that i learned was to get adaptive when i say adaptive uh to bring an example to bring it to an example the situation was when my first auditions round we actually planned to perform a particular bollywood song okay and uh, uh, we were in the rehearsal times and tomorrow morning was my auditions in front of karan mm-hmm. johar and malaika and everyone 
and in the night they call me and they say sudhir we are really sorry we could not get the copyrights for this particular song oh so we are uh, giving you another option of playing another song so get this song ready by tomorrow morning and you are going live so this time i was really not uh, you know well trained in my uh, flute uh, playing panic out. mode right yeah it was actually a panic mode because uh, i was not uh, classically trained and i was a self taught musician from youtube and uh, for me to learn a song overnight was a very big task mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so that time i had no option but to adapt myself to that particular situation and do it because you really need to stop giving reasons uh, saying that no i cannot do this could be the reason that could be the reason no you need to adapt yourself to that particular situation and start doing what cannot be uh, you know denied for you to achieve something right so that came as a small barrier for me i had to break that barrier that so that was a learning for me to adapt to a new thing and become spontaneous so you need to the first learning would be getting adaptive second is to you know uh think smart right you need to be very smart enough to not say no to these people and i also uh, suggest that the artist also should have the courage and uh, uh, confidence to say no to a certain things when it comes to their art form like i really right. cannot play every song in flute and it it will sound nice no i cannot you know blindly go about it yeah so i there are certain times i have to tell the director that uh, you know what no this does not sound good i cannot do this but there are certain times when they are really uh, i mean they are correct and they come and tell you that no we want this that time you really need to be you know uh, what to say uh, how do i tell, how do i put that guys you need to be okay ready. to ready, ready. Kind of. huh. yeah you need to be uh, super equipped when right. uh, when something new is thrown upon you you need to know how to catch that and start juggling it you need to have that uh, spirit of uh, you know saying i will do it at any cost correct so, so i always had this uh, alternative answer when i have to say no i'll say okay i'll try to do it i would never say no i cannot do it i'll always say i'll try to do it so morning 6 o'clock uh, i got the song ready and 12:30 we shooted it and karan jor went wow and malaika and uh, the judges gave me a standing ovation the audience went wow so that was my first breakthrough that was like my first time that i learned a song overnight and i performed and um, you know it it was a very good learning experience back then and second thing when it comes to television shows and big stages right yes. it is not it is not like a college show it is not like one uh, 100 girls or uh, 10000 odd number whatever number is audiences come and just shake hands with you and say okay it was a good show or you make an error you'll be there comes like uh, oh you could have played that better no that is not like how it works when it when i say it's a tv show when i say it's a big platform you have a lot of responsibilities correct no goof ups no retakes you cannot play something wrong you need to be super confident of what you're playing and you should be uh, what to say so you should be very technically sound enough when you are going there so that is the main thing i would always suggest any participant who is going on a tv show or a big stage please be technically sound enough musically sound enough please be super confident about what you're performing so that should be one learning and then second thing i would say when i go went to asia's got talent first thing i learned as soon as i landed in my auditions round was punctuality when i when they say 
Sudeep, we have a rehearsal at four o'clock. It is four o'clock. It is not even four two. It's not even three fifty nine. It's four o'clock. Okay. And I went wow about it because the Asia's Got Talent is a is a team that the team that works for Asia's Got Talent is a universal Got Talent team. So they come from America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent. It's a Got Talent team, and they are super super punctual. You get your entire day schedule. For the first time, you really feel that a a professional life how it looks for an artist. They say nine o'clock to nine forty-five. You're having your breakfast. Nine forty-five. We leave the hotel. Ten fifteen. You arrive at the Pinewood Studios in Malaysia. And uh, ten to ten fifteen to ten thirty. You have a break, breather. And eleven o'clock. You're going for Instagram video. Yeah. Twelve o'clock. You're going for Facebook. One o'clock. You're. Uh, yeah. That's how rehearsals work. That is. This is how so international shows work. Exactly. So this was a learning experience for me. And uh, at this point of time, you really need to be uh, sharp. You need to be spontaneous. You need to be confident in what you're doing. And uh, how do I tell you? You need to be very punctual. Actually, you can't have any mistakes from your end because they are investing so much amount of time, so much amount of money, so much amount of their hard work to show you as a star on a stage. When they are doing so much, I really have a huge responsibility to not put them down and perform, and uh, you know, give one of the best shows. And please, this thing. Exactly. So it's like, uh, so the the main page of with my photo where my file was in Asia's Got Talent is Sudhir R, and below my name, my photo, my name, and below is the India flag. Oh. Yeah. So when <laughs> Sudhir from India, that is how they respect uh, respect you. Sudhir from India. You know, whenever you hear that, it actually motivates you. It's like, There's wow, I'm going extra boost kind of extra boost. Kind of, yeah, exactly. You get more uh, hyper, uh, you know, motivated. You you're like you're in the uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it across. It's a different feeling when someone respects you or recalls you from your country's name. So this is one learning, and the uh, second thing was, uh, yeah, the performing songs, copyrights. Overnight, we'll have surprises coming in. You need to know how to uh, accept and react to surprises. That is the first thing. And quickly, uh, quick decision making, right? Very quick decision making. Yes, true. And uh, I would always tell one thing to uh, all the people is like, please don't get carried away after a TV show. The hype. The the hype. Fame. What happens is like uh, I have seen. So many people, after one smallest of smallest TV show, they do as a participant. The minute they come out, they are like, "Oh no, you know what? This is how it is done. I know how it is working. You know, you don't tell me what to perform. I will perform what I feel like performing." Correct. When this attitude comes into you, what happens is like your learning stops. Hmm, correct. What I learned was, I will never say I know this. You know, in Asia's Got Talent, the music director for us was one of the music directors for uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. And this person comes to me and he said, "Sudhir, we have to modify this your act a little bit like this." So I, you always have a freedom of showing them what you feel is good. Okay, correct. They give you that uh, space. They give you that uh, uh, time to innovate. They give you the time to create. Everything is there, but over there, those people are uh, appointed yeah. to become. Uh, those people are appointed because they are good at something, right? Right. So they'll have an opinion to it. 
because they they imagine you on television they imagine they look at you like an audience perspective so they come and disclose or they come and uh, kind of discuss something with you saying uh, sudhir so and so thing can be modified at this uh, like 1 minute 32 second i really feel this is not necessary can we avoid this can we avoid this mm-hmm. so that is how you they the words that they choose to talk to the artist is very very uh, what to say motivating. convincing motivating convincing such great person is is asking me for an option saying that can we do this that time you need to be uh, you know uh, you need to become a student that time you need to become a learner than becoming a performer you need to be like okay let me learn this okay yeah why not try it and then if it comes out good well and fine if it does not come out good you you have to have that confidence saying that no sir i am sure audience will love this let's do it this way so this uh, what to say the character of learning the mindset of being a student always so should always be there into people uh, mind how how hard it was or how uphill task it was to convince your parents to choose a choose a passion over your job <laughs> that was a very big task because uh, i ran out of my corporate job one over a night saying okay. i cannot do this anymore and uh, then my manager called me back he said why we need to manage house See, I am from a middle class family, and mm. uh, I am not saying, uh, you know, I am not. Uh, I have so many problems in here. Everyone has problems. Yeah, right. I wouldn't say the middle class family is the attack that is given to me to put me down. No, I am proud about it. But the thing is, see, we are always in that financial That's state financial. wherein we should stand up for our family, and you should, uh, you know, take care of your expenses and the family's expenses at a point of time. Mm. So when it comes to financial matters. my family was not very sound enough and it was necessity it was necessary for me to go to a job that time mm. because hardly that i was uh, i mean i could hardly I could earn hardly say 5 to 10000 a month over my shows mm. which was not really enough to run the family right Correct. so so that time i had to go to a job and then it was hard for me to convince my parents because i was not earning so much with my talent it was still a passion it was not my profession but when i went to india's got talent and then i you know i had to i mean the that was a breakthrough stages got bigger after india's got talent people started recognizing me people started inviting me for bigger shows and everything and then that is when i stood up to my father and i said listen uh, dad i really think i will do something in this flat uh, you know in this art form Uh, this is what i want to do and then i quit my job and then uh, i started earning through my shows hmm. in 2015 i think 15 yeah 15 or 16 i believe i put down my papers and then i said uh, you know no this is not what i want hmm. what well, uh, god has made me to become a physician and i will be this i know the struggle is hard but still i'm ready to take up this uh, challenge and i will do it and touched by from back from then till now god is being kind enough to bless me with whatever i need at that point of time financially musically and everything mm-hmm. so the task was to make your parents understand that you can earn through your passion and mm-hmm. for that to happen you need to make sure that your passion turns out to be your profession correct only when you start earning through your passion it can become your profession people mm-hmm. who are saying that uh, Oh, I want to dance. I want to sing, and I will be this. And they stop doing their, uh, you know, basic uh, 
requirement for earnings they are actually a fool because see you unless and until you earn nothing can be done you can't tell that you are a professional mm. and you need to be smart enough to look at how you can monetize your passion how you can monetize your talent okay. see there could be a very good flautist there could be very good beatboxer out there than me i would always accept that one someone is really better than me at any point of time but i knew how to channelize this one i knew what can make the audience go wow when i am on a television i know i i imagine myself how can i reach mass audience hmm. so this is this is what every artist should do marketing they yourself sh- right marketing yourself you need to know how to sell your talent hmm. so that is when i uh, convinced my parents it was really hard but then later when once they saw newspaper articles about me me on big television when people started recognizing my parents because of me like oh your sudhir's father your sudhir's mother you know they get that proud feeling they they get that confidence okay my son is doing something you need to create that one and that's so, how they got convinced there is there is a rumor i heard about you yes there is a rumor that you mastered your art of food boxing while stuck in bangalore traffic on the way to work uh <laughs> well i used to beatbox when i was traveling in uh, to work always uh, you know i had huge traffic in bangalore always <laughs> to reach office so i used to start thinking of this uh, musical beats i used to practice more so mm-hmm. i i found my way through to practice so the main key if at all you ask me what is the learning that i got through the entire uh, process of these big stages and everything mm-hmm. the first key is practice Okay. Uh, when I say practice, it's not one hour of practice. So today yeah. I actually practice more than seven and a half hours. Whoa. Yeah, I have a slab that I keep of minimum of five hours of practice every day. Hmm. Exceptional when I have shows and I have something else to do in a day. But if I have nothing productive, all I do is, you know, first thing that I do is practice. I complete more than five hours of practice every day. and this is so, being constant not only from today from years and that's that's a routine that has become like you know it's my routine actually hmm. it's like once i wake up the first thing that comes to my mind is like okay you you are not good at it go and master this practice hmm. practice 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 so do you think you staying a step down and thinking uh-huh. that i need to get better has been helping you throughout uh yes if you ask me personally yes it does because if i uh, after india's got talent hmm. if at all i thought uh, you know uh, that uh, oh i got a standing ovation from uh, kiran uh, hmm. karanjor loved it this and that and all of those things imagine you know i would have just got stuck there correct i wouldn't have come to my guruji i wouldn't have learned what is actual music i wouldn't have figured out that okay just wow this is how it is it? yeah it would have just been a one time wonder mm. for that journey to continue for that things to uh, you know for people to re- remember me i need to have something consistent i need to have something innovative also right mm. so yeah i think this is i think yeah i have to step down and uh, be a student and learn
was there a time where you felt like oh this is not for me if there was how did you cope up with it to be frank i've never felt that this is not my thing mm-hmm. because uh, always uh, one thing that hit me was i love football i love to play football mm-hmm. i still do today also I always continue to keep my practice sessions and physically I'm very cautious about me being physically fit. Mm. And uh, football so it's always been there. So you know I always thought okay see this is what I love to do or uh, this is what I would have been if at all not a beatboxer or a float boxer if not a musician I would have actually been a professional footballer. Mm. So what hits me was okay uh what people love in me they go wow when i step on the stage and do something in music right that is the motivation that never so if i perform in front of them they should have the same enthusiasm exactly so it it has never given me that uh, phase of thinking oh i am not this is not what i have to be mm-hmm. thank god that i have never got this thought in me so i don't know how to answer about that <laughs> what would be your message for someone who wants to pursue their passion over their 9 to 5 job who wants to pursue their passion apart from 9 to 6 job hmm uh first thing stop giving reasons of saying that i am in a job and this is why i am not going to become a professional hmm well uh, a small example when i was working in uh, the corporate i was doing a night shift of evening 6 to early morning 3 o'clock mm-hmm. yeah so my routine was i used to go to office at 6 and then log out at 3 o'clock reach home at 4 o'clock and from 4 o'clock to morning 6 o'clock i used to do pencil sketching mm-hmm. and 6:30 i used to leave my house and then be in my football grounds i played for aeronautical development establishment bangalore mm-hmm. for one year and that time my football practice used to start at 7 7:30 I used to finish my practice at around nine thirty, ten o'clock. Reach back home, do my float practice, have food, sleep at twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock or one o'clock, mm-hmm. and uh, wake up at evening four. Go to Kantiwa Stadium here, do my athletics practice. Mm-hmm. Come back home five thirty, get ready, go back to office at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. A tight so schedule. So y- yeah, but I used to love to do this. Mm-hmm. When I say I did this. I didn't do it saying that. Oh, I don't have a choice. Oh shit, uh, I don't like to do this and all. I I wanted to do it. I didn't have my job as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Even though I was working, I used to practice. Even though I was working, I used to go perform. I still try to juggle. You need to be multi- very good in multitasking. You need to be good in how to juggle between your uh, passion and profession. Uh, and second thing is to be a learner. you need to have that mindset you need to have patience actually first of all is the patience mm-hmm. what happens is today one person buys a guitar he learns to play uh, one particular uh, small song or something chord yeah maybe a chord to play in guitar and the next week they want to perform mm-hmm. they don't they don't want to master it all they look at it is like posting a video on social media and the crowd going wow oh you can play guitar also is it mm-hmm. they don't look at the comment wherein someone comments saying that oh you are too good in playing guitar i have never seen someone play guitar like you something that motivates them 
yeah they don't look at that comment they want to fetch the first comment that comes the first comment is like oh clifton can you beatbox oh you beatbox is it wow they don't oh. come and say clifton you are the best beatboxer i've ever come across that will motivate me to work better more. for like 10 exactly. more exactly 10 more videos exactly so this is what i think people should look upon you need to first master your talent before showcasing it mm. and uh, you need to have patience which is very very important and also any particular art form even before uh, performing think of innovation innovation should be the biggest factor to make the audience go wow in today's field of media mm. and uh, i feel that uh, first even before innovation hard work and smart work i think first you need to master it professionally and in a perfect way when i say perfect way first become a dancer and then do some different styles in dancing mm. if you want to do something innovation in bharatanatyam first learn bharatanatyam if you want to first do something in flute first learn classical way of flute or western classical hindustani carnatic anything but i'm saying is like first learn the particular art form mm. because one fine day you should not go up to a level uh, or a big stage and then go there and fumble saying that oh shit i didn't know the basics hmm correct basics should always be so firm take ample amount of time i still hmm. practice basics today also sometimes my mother keeps telling me how long will you play the saregama padanisa and sanidapa magaresa it's been <laughs> half an hour i say my mother no i still need to find because my guruji used to tell me there is a beauty in just sa there is a beauty in just one note that is ga ma pa da ni sa whatever that is hmm. i i am into that matlab kya bol rahe uske main uske khoj mein hu ki aur kitna khoobsurat baja sakta hu hmm sahi hai ha to this has to come into a person any art form see you sketch you pencil sketch also try to bring more life to that sketch your dancing try to get more flexible try to get more strong try to be more confident on stage good expressions yes but all of this can be uh, achieved only when you know the basics of it right mm, yeah so i think basic should basics patience practice smart work innovation ye sare cheeze bahut important hai that's awesome what's on your bucket list like for the next 10 years so i want to um, i want to take this particular art form and perform across the world like i want everyone in a the world, world to know yeah maybe a world tour yes that's wow. always been a dream uh, because i want to take this indian instrument to uh, every corner of the world and make the world go wow that okay one indian boy using one indian instrument is making wonders i want them to know that a mixed genre of western art of beatboxing and indian classical bamboo is you know producing something that is unique is producing something that they've never heard before you know i really after a point of time i really was financially sound thank god for it he uh, i could really afford for a metal key float of 55000 also today's that was going to uh, be my next question actually <laughs> oh is it okay <laughs> i'm sorry I, is it uh, no is it is okay is is it better to play it on a metal flute than on the bamboo flute uh every instrument has its own uh, advantages and disadvantages mm-hmm. metal key flute sounds beautiful when as a particular play, piece is played according to the western uh, mm-hmm. style of playing in indian bamboo flute it sounds better to play what has to be played in indian style mm-hmm. so this was the 
this is the basic advantages and disadvantages of the instrument but i i wanted to do something different about it i said why not my instrument my indian instrument play the piece that is played on a western classical form and uh, but today i really play what is been i can play a western piece in my indian bamboo flute and that is when i thought why to switch to a western instrument when my indian instrument can only make wonders so this this uh, idea or this confidence came to me only through practice i used to spend so much amount of time just with my instrument trying to see what is the max it can do and that is when you discover everything that the the instrument would love to tell you everything the instrument would love to speak to the audience instrument has life in it hmm. instrument actually has life which is uh, not physically felt but it's it's something like spiritual belief or faith no one has seen god right but we still believe god is there hmm. so i still believe that my flute has life it's your friend what do you describe it as it's my everything <laughs> friend might have get angry with you it's like my everything is it yeah it could be my friend also it could be my uh, everything because see uh, an instrument can get possessive on you an instrument can get uh, lovable on you an instrument can show anything that you want it mm-hmm. so you need to first respect the instrument i have always seen people uh, carrying guitars and going in the bike and uh, you know putting it down near a tea shop and then sitting and chatting with their friends or uh, respect any them. instrument they don't respect it at all and that is that's a very big uh, that's a very very wrong thing that they do and i really don't know if they realize that is the main thing that the instrument is not being played beautifully in their hands mm, correct yeah people really need to know this it, when i tell this I, you know it will sound very boring saying that okay this guy is getting old school or gurukul style and all लेकिन पुराने जमाने में गुरु ने अपने शिष्य को ये सारी चीजें बताते थे कि अपने इंस्ट्रूमेंट की अपने इंस्ट्रूमेंट को इतना ऐसा संभालना चाहिए और गुरु भक्ति जो सॉरी सम्मान दो गौरव दो उसे हाँ सो यू नो बट टूडेज वर्ल्ड इज नॉट लाइक टूडेज वर्ल्ड इज लाइक इज बिकम सो मॉडर्न because uh, back then uh, people used to struggle to get a good instrument mm. but now it's easily available right Correct. so so it's like okay toot gaya to kya dusra le lunga so when you okay mm-hmm. continue sorry no no tell me tell me okay, so so when you went to buy the metal flute did you go yes. to the exact same shop where you bought the bamboo flute and was the same person there uh first time you mean you when you went to buy a metal flute yes did you buy it from the same shop as you bought your bamboo one no i didn't buy the metal flute till today oh yeah i don't want to buy it also because i can i can play what a metal flute can play in my indian bamboo flute oh that's yeah. that's uh, would you uh, define that as success yes <laughs> because that is what uh, i wanted from so many years Mm. it took a long time but still i did achieve it mm. any concluding thoughts that you have to say to the people listening uh i would love to tell is that um, 
99% of hard work should be from our end and 1% of miracle god has to do he does not have a choice hmm. so people who really believe in hard work and smart work and innovation will never fail okay. it might take time all you have to do is have faith and wait in patience hmm. it will come to you but it will take a little time but it will definitely come patience so. and perseverance very very true yeah these two words are very very important i think artist <laughs> or uh, musicians or any person should you know tattoos is on their body <laughs> like i <laughs> i should not forget this <laughs> yeah so i think this that's about it i mean because i am also a learner i am also learning every day you are also learning as you said right every yes yes experience for you yeah because uh, i have to learn only then i can sustain myself in the market correct uh so we have come to the end of the podcast can we end this podcast on a high from a number from your side oh yes sure one second Hi. The amount of knowledge and talent this man has is just impeccable. Sir, me and the whole team of Kalaholic and our listeners are indeed lucky to have had you here. I'm sure your words today might have ignited fire in many curious minds. Also, listeners, make sure you guys check out Mr. Subir and his content on YouTube and Instagram. The music that was engaging you to this podcast is from Chris Rock's debut album in Code. It releases on the 16th of the following month. Make sure you guys give it a stream. Finally, it was glad having you listen till here. If you have, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram for fun content and updates on this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode with another interesting individual with more fun talks and more learnings. Till then, stay safe, keep hustling. Goodbye.